0: Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class. Care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blutton, Tennessee, 37617. And now, Here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson.
1: Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing in our study of the Gospel of John. And we've just completed in chapter 4 the story of the healing of the nobleman's son. When Jesus came back into Cana of Galilee, he was told by this nobleman that his son was sick in Capernaum and he asked Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son and Jesus told him that he was looking for a sign or a miracle but he didn't need to see anything he just needed to have faith he didn't tell him in those words but that's what we see here Jesus saith unto him go thy way thy son liveth And in verse 50, it says, And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. This is the key. The key is faith. Faith in the work of Jesus. And this nobleman, who had wanted Christ to go back home with him, and to touch his son, and to do whatever ritual needed to be done to save his life, accepted the fact that Jesus was powerful enough to say the word that he was healed, and he was. And indeed, Jesus is that powerful, and more so. And on his way back, he encountered his servants. The servants said, your son is okay. And he said, when did he start to recover? And it was the same time that Jesus had said, thy son liveth, go thy way. So now we see in this last of the portion of chapter 4, verse 53, So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. Now, we can pass this pretty easily if we're not careful. But I want you to understand that he believed Christ for healing of his son. Before he believed that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But as he reflected and as he saw the fact of the healing of his son, and the fact that it was absolutely Jesus who had done it, then he believed on Christ and in Christ, and his whole Family believed in Christ. And John puts it this way, this is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. The second one was in Cana of Galilee. Wow. Increase my faith, Lord. My faith is small. We may pray for our faith to be increased This man did not profess to have any faith, and yet he believed. And then that belief, that faith, was expanded and multiplied in his life to the point that he came to faith in Christ. Hallelujah! What a Savior we have! And this is just the second time in Galilee, because, what did Christ say? He said that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. There were very few signs done in Galilee. That was his home territory. Now let's continue in chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. The timeline is somewhat, somewhat lacking here. Uh, It could be the Feast of Pentecost, uh, or it could be one of the other feasts. Um, Most scholars I've read suggest that it's Pentecost, but we don't know that for sure. The three feasts, the major ones, Passover is in the spring of the year. Pentecost is 50 days later. And then the Feast of Tabernacles is in the fall. When we read in the previous chapters that he was there for the Feast of Passover, then it is reasonable to assume that this was the Feast of Pentecost 50 days later, but we're not sure. But we do know it was a Feast of the Jews. And we do think it was Pentecost. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Bethesda is House of Olives, or House of Mercy. And most, I think, would probably call it the House of of mercy and this was probably by the sheep gate Um, the word market there is in italics and the sheep gate would probably be where the pool was located in this place called bethesda or this pool called bethesda the house of mercy and it had five porches And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, and withered, waiting for the moving of the water. It's interesting the word impotent. I-M-P-O-T-E-N-T. What it means, impotent. Not important, please don't mispronounce it, Im-potent. Potent Potent means with power. Im, the prefix, means without. So without power. Impotent. Now in the South, especially uh, if you talk to some of my friends in the South, they may pronounce impotent, impotent. Okay? And that's fine. That's the way you want to pronounce it. But it does have a problem with it because it sounds like it's important instead of impotent. These people were impotent. However, as has been pointed out by some uh, commentators, they were also important folk, because God was going to use them uh, for uh, his purposes here. These were blind. These were paralyzed. They were waiting for the moving of the water. Now, the moving of the water, very interesting to see, but the moving of the water... Uh, is explained in verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now how would you like to play a, a game of gambling with your health? If I can just be the first person there. If I can just be the first person there. If I could just have you help me be the first person, would you help? How about would you would you help me be the first person there? Oh, it would be difficult. It would be mind numbing, would it not? And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. That's eight years or more thereabouts, eight years older than, or eight years longer than Jesus was old in the human years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming another steppeth down before me. How sad. If you are eternal destination was bound up in whether you got there first or not. I'm sorry, you probably wouldn't make it. I know I wouldn't. If my eternal salvation was wrapped up in how good I am, I would never make it. I would never be saved. If my eternal salvation was wrapped up in how much money I have, I could never afford the payment I certainly couldn't pay the principal, much less the interest on such a thing as salvation. I have been in cultures where they think salvation is bought. In fact, in our culture here we have many that believe that. I've been in cultures where salvation is earned by good works, not bought by money, but by good works. In others, salvation is dispensed because of family lineage or because of status or because of where they are in the in the society of that culture I'm glad none of those things apply you see our salvation is based upon the very grace of God and it's through faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone and so this man And his health were based upon chance. Could he get there first when the water was troubled? Jesus talked to him. Jesus engaged him. Jesus questioned him. Jesus asked him the the question, Will you be made whole? And he said, Sir, I have no man. When the water's troubled to put me into the pool... But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Sir, I have no man. Well, he did. He just didn't know it. And the man that he needed was standing right there talking to him. Verse 8, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Notice, he took up his bed, and he walked upon the command of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk, and immediately the man was made whole. It wasn't the next day. It wasn't six months later. Immediately, the man was made whole. Now, I'm going to confess something to you, and it's just between me and you. I wouldn't want to share this with a lot of people, but I'll share it with you. And you don't need to tell anybody, but we'll we'll have this as a secret between us in the Bible class today. I get excited when I hear about people being healed. I get excited to the point of rejoicing. My heart is lifted up when I hear of someone being healed. It doesn't matter if it's a small thing or a large thing that they're healed from. I get excited to know that God is at work. You see, because all healing in the physical comes from God. God made us, and Jesus who made us is our great physician. There's no question about it. However, I must tell you, I get very upset when I see people who claim to be an emissary of God healing others, and there is no proof of that. I really get upset. And I have to sit back and say, Lord, you're in charge. Help me through this. I have watched as people have trusted the Lord and been healed, and I've watched as people have trusted the Lord and been called home to glory. It's God's work, not our work, and I understand that. Notice, in this instance, and this is not always throughout the New Testament, when we see Christ healing, or Christ at work in people's lives, it's not in every instance that we see an immediate change. Most instances, it is. However, it's not always instant. It was in chapter 4 with the nobleman's son. It was instant. When the water was turned into wine, It was turned into wine, apparently, as it was taken to the governor of the feast. I don't know if you call that instant or not. I think it was somewhat instant. Here, it's immediate. Verse 9. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Oh, I get excited. Even though this was... Some 2,000 years ago, I get excited to know of the healing that God did. Jesus Christ did this healing, and this man who had had 38 years of paralysis was up and walking. Doesn't that get you excited? It does me. I get excited because God is at work. Now the last part of verse 9 and on the same day was the sabbath and so now we're going to see where the problem sets in won't we yep we will the jews therefore said unto him that was cured it is not uh, or it is the sabbath day it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed now they're already getting to the jot and tittle aren't they Here this man has been healed. And I, 2,000 years later, am still excited about it. And these Pharisees were not excited in the least. They found the problem. The problem was he was carrying his bed on the Sabbath day. Nah, 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 you're not supposed to do that. Isn't that much like we today sometimes in the church we see the greatest miracle of all someone comes to faith in Jesus Christ their shackles are thrown off they are free they are free indeed in Christ Jesus they have come to faith in Christ They are new creations in Christ they are new they are made new and we got somebody standing over there saying You know, uh, I knew them when, and they're really not much. Uh, I I don't think it's going to last. I don't think this is real. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think. Hush! Keep your mouth closed. You've already got a closed mind. Close your mouth. Remember, it's God doing the work, not you. You can't save anybody. You can't heal anybody. You can't help anybody. But God can, and God will. He will save them. He will heal them. He will help them. And you need to get out of the way, if you're going to have that attitude. That's what the Pharisees were doing. And they said, you can't do this. You can't carry your bed. (laughs) This man had just been healed... Of this malady, he had had for 38 years. 38 years he had been lying on this bed. He was healed, and immediately he was healed when Christ spoke the word to him. And he did what he was told he got up, he took up his bed, and he walked. He had his bed with him. And the Pharisees say, Wait a minute. You can't do that. Now think about the miracle. Think about this sign, this wonderful sign. This man who had had withered muscles for 38 years, had never used them for walking, all of a sudden has muscles that are in tone. They're ready for walking. They're useful. And he knows how to walk. Just when he gets up, he's walking because the master told him to walk. And the master empowered him to walk. That's the reason he could walk. It wasn't because he was so smart. It was because he had been given the power to walk by Almighty God the Son. And here the Pharisees ignore the cure and go for what they find to be something he should not do. He should not carry his bed on the sabbath there are lots of other things you shouldn't do did you know according to the pharisees you could not have a needle in your um in your clothing if you had a needle in your clothing that was working on the sabbath if you were carrying the needle around in your clothing as you worked uh, as you walked on the sabbath Uh, there were lots of other things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. for example you couldn't put a light out on the sabbath that was considered work even if you blew the candle out isn't that something well, there are lots of other things too. We won't go there, but it was extra biblical for sure. And here the Pharisees missed the miracle. They missed the excitement and getting to, to rejoice with this man for what had happened to him. And instead they tried to find something they could find fault with
0: the Messiah. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the postal service, our address is the Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluffville, Tennessee, 37617. That's the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Lumpel, Tennessee 37617 You may also call us at 423-878-6279 Until our next Bible class program we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him